Buenos Nachos, amigos, and welcome to another fabulous episode of the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast. I am Petey Ray, your man with no plan. Here with me, as always, is my tacty partner, my buddy, David Jeffrey Majors, a.k.a. DJM. How you doing, DJM? Buenos Tacos, Fanny Pack fans. DJM here, a.k.a. Lightning Mike Blackenbush. The Fanny Pack Podcast is back on the air. Petey. What are we talking about this week? We're talking about Smash Wrestling, a little company out of hailing from Ontario, Canada. No, not the company by Yoshihiro Tajiri over in Japan. The newer one, or I don't know if it's newer, but the one that actually is going on right now from Ontario, Canada. Uh, and their event, uh, the recent event, Super Showdown 2. Super Showdown Deuce. Deej. Who do we got joining us to talk about this event? Well, first of all, our returning champion, Mr. Jerry Vin, a.k.a. JVZ. JV, what's going on, buddy? Thanks for coming back. Um, I didn't know I was champion, but that's, I'm flattered. Um, that's thank the you last for having time. me on again. I called you the returning champion the last time. You're, you're the defending well, champion. It's been a while, so um, I've just been out of action a, for a while. That I, just means you're a long-time reigning champion. Like yes. Johnny Gargano. Not necessarily defending, but reigning. Well, then you're Brock Lesnar, which is which is even better. Yes, uh, that's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, also joining us, a writer and contributor to Otaku USA magazine, uh, one of the hosts you will hear on the absolutely fantastic Anime World Order podcast. Please welcome, for the first time, yes, we have somebody brand new on the Good Ship Fanny Pack, Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Daryl Surratt. Daryl, thank you for joining us. You're welcome, for in- and uh, thank you for inviting me. I have uh, don't really get too much of a chance to talk about professional wrestling, but it is an uh, interest of mine. I've been following uh, Japanese and independent wrestling for several years. Every week um, for you know the last year and change, uh, I pick about two hours of independent and Japanese wrestling and sort of compile a playlist for two hours and then and show it to some folks, um, you know, through extra legal means, but, um, you know, it seems to be doing the greater good just because we live in a world where wrestling and WWE are kind of one and the same. And people are kind of surprised whenever I say I'm a fan of professional wrestling, but I don't really follow the WWE. Preach it, Daryl. And, uh, you know, we've got so many great alternatives now um, on the independent scene in Japan in fact, as we record this tomorrow, there's going to be a, uh, you know, collaborative effort between a bunch of various independent groups for the quote, Raw Alternative. Yeah. As the everyone knows, Raw is entirely too long, it is three hours. And uh, so the various independents, of which Smash Wrestling is one, have, uh, pulled together, put up some free matches to watch, and they're going to post a playlist of things to watch as an alternative to Raw. One of which happens to be a match from the show that we're going to review on this very episode. And it is the match that I'd seen prior to recording this episode. Yeah. So we're talking about Super Super Showdown Deuce uh, from Smash Wrestling. Uh, uh, Petey, Petey, I just want to say sorry to cut you off, but uh, I think it's safe to say that we found ourselves a kindred spirit yes, yes. here on this episode of Fanny Pack. Yes. But uh, let's uh, jump in and let's talk Smash Wrestling. All right, let's talk about Smash, Smash Wrestling. Um, this, maybe you guys, before we start, since you uh, maybe follow the product a little closer than I have, this is actually the very first Smash show I ever saw. As best I can tell, they only really 
uh, started doing a whole iPay-per-view thing about maybe a year and a half ago where yeah, they were bringing it, in the sort of, uh, quote, name um, independent guys. Um, yeah, this is a promotion that's kind of going on a little while, and it's kind of a, one of those st- uh, standby promotions in Canada. Canada. Uh, and it has a lot of the cool guys you see in Canadian wrestling. Uh, this is the first show that I've checked out of Smash Wrestling as well, and I believe JVZ as well. I don't know about you, DJM, if you've gotten a chance to see Smash Wrestling or you're, you're familiar with the product. I was familiar with Smash Wrestling. I have seen a grand total now of two shows from them. Uh-huh. And uh, I will say that so far I have no real complaints. Uh, it was great seeing a, a lot of the, the Canadian talent that, that I like, yes. uh, mixing in with some of the, the more recognized independent wrestling talent and uh so also th- this this promotion is based out of ontario not too far from me and uh i always like hearing about promotions that are that are near me so yes. that's that's another positive they also they also ran their shows out of a, a place that also does a uh like a ski ball and like uh, has an arcade and it's one of those fly zones and like uh, trampoline, uh, jumping places, and that's kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, you can tell they were slightly affluent because there's a carpeted floor yes. at this event. Yes. <laughs> I always like uh, to use the presence of mats as a sign of wealth and affluence, uh, as well as a ring, uh, guardrails. So, uh, they're one out of two here at Smash because there are no, uh, guardrails. And they've or, got some uh, really amazing more than even a few feet the between the apron of the ring and where you're seated. Yes. There's also got but, but I times, think, folks. Isn't that really part of the independent wrestling experience? Like if you're going to an indie show and you're probably going to expect to see a dive or two. Yeah. I, I think part of the experience is that there is a possibility that uh, that you might end up taking a wrestler home. Yeah. yeah from a I, dive. Or you might have I was going to ask about that actually. Like I actually made a note uh, and uh I don't know, I more so in this show than the other shows that you've had me on, but um you know, there were a lot of people that just, like, they seemed to just know when they, I guess, you know, obviously they probably signed a waiver or something, but like, they know that, you know, you show up at these shows and you might have to just dive out of the way at any moment. It's on the tickets. There's no waiver. It's, no, that's not how it works. It's on the tickets. You just kind of know. Yeah. Generally speaking, though, I, I did lend to a coworker, uh, some pro wrestling gorilla shows and he, one of his first responses was, my son and I are amazed. How does everyone know to get out of the way so quickly? It's kind of no. Well, you know, you can usually telegraph that something terrible is about to occur in your way, and if you uh, know it's good for you, you'll run. Yeah. yeah. Or you just, if somebody else starts running, you just run with them. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, oh, If okay, the guy in the run. ring starts oh. clapping, yeah. that's, that's when you know that it might be time to move. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. All right, so let's get started with uh, the first contest. Uh, it was a number one contenders multi-man match. We had, uh, the handicapped hero, Gregory Iron. Uh, we had John Greed, uh, Mr. Cherry Bomb, Pepper Parks, uh, Scotty. Oh, really? <laughs> is, is he Mr. Cherry Bomb? Yeah, he's, I thought he's he was a, a genetic Bomb's... clone of Carl Anderson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is Cherry Bomb's betrothed husband. You know, they, they are, uh, wed to each other. Uh, Scotty O'Shea and, uh, the apparently infamous Alex Vega. Um, this was a very, very interesting, I'm a hashtag interesting contest, uh, multi-man match. DJM, what, what was, what context could you give this and what was your impression, uh, starting in? 
OMG, PD Rave, I need to talk about Scotty O'Shea. Yes. Because while I was watching this show, I was doing a little digging about this event, and I saw that Scotty O'Shea was kind of uh, live vlogging his buildup all the way up to the event and to the, to the match and everything else. And the more I found out about Scotty O'Shea, the more I found that he might be a wrestler that your old buddy the Deej might be enough because he is a hacker. Yes. That's his gimmick. Yes. And, and his finish... Wait, wait, his gimmick is that he's a computer hacker. Yes. yes. I thought his gimmick was that he was, like, uh, idolizing Gamot. <laughs> oh, God, no. Good. Come on, this is the Indies. People have more sense than that. Yes. <laughs> With that gear and that haircut? Well, that, that is true. But uh, when I found out that he, he his gimmick is that he's a hacker... And that he calls his finish the the cannonball in the corner, which we'll see a little bit of because this is Canada. Uh, he he called his finisher Control Alt Delete. Yes. And that alone got a really big reaction out of me. So maybe the next thing we can I do just, is get an iPad and then fiddle with the lights. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Maybe he can be the one to bring back the keyboards in, in the hardcore matches. <laughs> well, th- th- those model lambs will get you. Um, yeah, so I was not familiar with any of the four, uh, in this match until seeing this opener. And, um, I would say it was, uh, you know, it was an independent show because it opens with a cutter. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to an indie wrestling show, folks. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was a, it was a, it was, yeah, your indie wrestling starter show, starter match with, uh, multi-man, kind of mayhem uh what was interesting was alex vega uh at this moment at the beginning of the match kind of pulling the the i I thought fantastic heel move uh he kind of did some other stuff after the match but we'll we'll get to that but before the match uh this being the show after kevin steen's last show at smash wrestling he decided to come out to kevin steen's music uh which was i thought was kind of a, a a fun little heel move uh, which Such a heel move. Yeah. Absolutely I am impressed fantastic. with Smash that they are one of the few independent promotions I've ever seen to have video package introductions for their wrestlers. I've only seen it in one or two other occasions. Yeah. But you typically don't see uh, the member do that. They also do not care about uh, copyright. Yes. So they'll uh, swipe anybody's <laughs> song as needed. I, I miss those days, don't you? Yes. When, when the indie companies... Yeah, now everybody's just, scared of getting you, sued. But they're like, eh, we're in Canada. Come get us. Yes. Uh, JVZ, JVZ, what did you think of this uh, opening contest? Um, yeah, I mean, like you guys said, this was the typical, um, you know, now having been on the show a few times, I'm sort of getting the hang of how these shows are structured. And, um, this is definitely, you know, the typical, what I like to call the, the cluster F match. Um, yeah, I didn't particularly care for it, even though the idea is to, to get people excited since it's yeah. the first match of the show. I thought Gregory Iron seemed the sloppiest of the four. Um, well, he's, as an obese beardo, I mean, he does uh, have a unique look. You don't really see that too much in mainstream wrestling. Um, Pepper Parks, again, like, uh, it, he seemed like he was just really intent on copying, uh, Carl Anderson from New Japan Pro Wrestling, right down to the beard and the gun stun. And, um, well, maybe he's a good brother. Maybe be. he's a br- uh, I didn't like that the match was not an elimination match, that it was one fall, first fall gets the win. I always thought that was, uh, kind of a, a garbage thing to do that was really originated out of 
two things. One, the need for television time uh, marks, and two, so that you know you can have your your champion lose without losing. So I I kind of didn't like that, but it does at least keep the the match length a little shorter. Yeah. Um, what are your guys' takes on that? So one of the things that I did like, and I kind of harp on the same things every time I'm on this show, but that this time the um you know as a new person coming in, I, I have sometimes I don't know who these people are, and I have a hard time getting the history between what's going on between all these guys. And the announcers did a really good job of explaining that. And, you know, and of course they also did a really good, good job of saying, Hey, this there, this is not an elimination match. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the rules coming in, you know, the people coming in, they, uh, they showed, they, they put lower thirds for everybody. They gave everybody's Twitter accounts out. And uh, <laughs> so someone new like me who, sees one of these guys and says, hey, this person looks interesting, can actually go research them a little bit more. And What did you think of the commentary overall for the show? I was really impressed. I, I was really impressed. They they stuck to the match at hand. They, they plugged the stuff later on in the show when was necessary and then just harp on it. And uh, there was a little bit of banter in between, which is always important, and it didn't sound forced, it didn't sound contrived. I was really, really impressed. I thought they were very, very good. Yeah, I thought uh, content-wise, I agree. Yeah. Uh, the only problem I have is the audio mix is oh my God. awful. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to save that for the end. Oh, no, you got to gotta get that. That's the first thing I noticed about the show is, yeah. wow, they got these guys tuned up so loud. And I can understand, like, if you were in an apathetic, like, uh, Central Florida kind of show, like how uh, Evolve often is where you got to up your commentary because the crowd isn't making noise. But typically, that's the only reason for an indie fed to do that. But Smash has an advantage, and it's the same advantage that PWG has, and it's that they run their shows in a place that serves alcohol. And, and, and the crowd you is that, you don't, sufficiently The crowd hype. will be up. The yeah. crowd was sufficiently hype yeah. uh, to the point where they did, more often than not, overtake the commentary. Yeah, so, yeah. so. It was, it was, Whomever it was, is doing the mixing for Smash Wrestling, you might yeah. want to check on that no, for future it, reference. The the one thing that uh, should be brought up it was the moments after the match with uh, Alex Vega's, I want to say, work shoot. Alex Vega was salty. He was salty. I, I would say it worked work. Uh, well, but I will give him credit because of the uh, the extra added touch that they put on it. Yeah. Uh, yes, breaking the computer. Yeah, smashing the computer what? and then having to re re uh, group with the uh somebody's uh Mac uh, MacBook Air or whatever it was, uh which was an interesting touch and the and a good good nice sounding slap. <laughs> I also like just the the caption that they put on there. They said like, okay, this following attack was unplanned and we're just keeping it in because otherwise, why would you keep it in your show if yeah. it was you know quote real? It's like. Little things like that, just to, to keep it a little logical, is to explain why this guy who uh, would flip out after a match and attack your announcer and get ejected from the building and fired, well, why is this footage still on the show? Well, okay, they gave us a little caption there. Little things like that to sort of uh, keep it in the realm of believability. Of course, um, this is from months ago, and of course Alex Vega is back because the whole thing is part of the story. But right. uh, it, I like it. It helps sell the reality of it to make you think yeah. like, oh, wow, did this really happen? Yeah. And and the fact that they you know, they had security escorting him out and they 
they had the camera follow him backstage as he was getting kicked out of the building. Um, yeah, and they like I don't know how often they showed that sort of thing. It's like so, you know, that, took away his well laser done. tag pass, you know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like damn it, he played for all that. Uh and then we transitioned to the next match uh, pretty uh you know, uh, briskly. Uh, this this had me excited. Yeah, this, this really had, had me excited that. as well. Uh, we had. And, and Petey, you're gonna have to explain Petey. why. Let, let's hear the excitement level justification. Uh, Petey, I think this might be one of those times where you and I are going to be seriously divided. We're gonna be on two I, opposing I, I, I sides of this match. I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna be divided as much as you think. Because because we, have... we saw one of your favorite new tag teams out on the scene right now, the Kimber Bombs, uh, kind of representing Team USA in Smash Wrestling, taking on the super hardcore anime Lufisto. Yay! You know she's trying to move away from that. That's the real sign that Cool Chaban is dead. That's a damn shame. But I still love her. She's still great. And... For the first time, I'm seeing as a babyface Vanessa Craven. Yes, in her home country, uh, which makes more sense. Oh my God, I loved Vanessa Craven as a babyface. Yes, I loved it. She was great. This uh, was in a... Shine and Shimmer. She's a heel because uh, in those promotions, she's this six foot tall monster they promote her as. But in in Smash Wrestling in Canada, she's Vanessa Craven, babyface, six foot tall monster. Yes. And during this match, the Kimber Bombs, Kimberly and Cherry Bomb, they, they were getting all kinds of heel heat. Yes. Uh, because they were <laughs> for being American. Yes. For being American. Well, they were representing because some things about wrestling never change. Exactly. Some... And P- Petey, I gotta ask you, being a, a big fan of Kimberly uh, and uh, the the Kimber Bombs. Uh, how did you feel about seeing the the Kimber Bobs having having to get the heel heat, brother brother? I I liked it. I was fine with it because I liked them as as heels because they they work both well and they're they're funny and funny and of course I like I said we're not as conflicted because I think Lufisto is the best. I I love her. I love her to I love her to death. We need some conflict in the show, man. I mean, I, I was I expecting there to be some sort of throwdown here between Petey and David, and I I got nothing. Okay. Uh, I will be a, a conflicting voice just so we can get something going on in this podcast. Yeah. All right, so I have very little interest or concern for any women's wrestling outside of Japan from the mid-1970s to the mid-1990s. Okay. I will acknowledge Lufisto is a lunatic and is awesome and is crazy, but um, in, in this match, there's spots like the nipple grab and the Bronco Buster and yes. all that stuff. That's really what sort of sums up, you know this sort of thing. I understand that Shimmer and Shine have their hearts in the right place, but uh, nobody on that roster is good enough in the ring, especially in Shine. Um, um, yeah. at, at the best, I'll say they are, quote, not bad. I will never in my life say, oh, you got to go see that Shimmer match, or you got to go see that Shine match. I'll watch it and say, that, that's all right, I don't disagree. feel like I hated my life watching this, but it's also nothing to write home about. They're, they're fundamentally sound, as people say about the WNBA. Um, I, I will say there are a I've few. Spent so much it. time watching um, the best wrestling uh, in the world, and that sort of like wrecked my standards for what women's wrestling should be. But um, that's the internet. We have access to the full archive of history and the vast, you know, legions of tapes from uh, you know decades prior. And if I watch something on this, and I can say. Well, I guess that was okay for now. Then uh, you know, okay, it's better than a. 
Divas or Knockouts match, maybe that's good enough for some people. It's not good enough for me. Um, and I, that's totally understandable. And I think the problem I, I with told, Jimmer and I Sean totally get that. audience is primarily creepy guys willing to spend $300 on, on custom videotapes and used ring gear. Uh, I, not the custom tapes. Uh, no. I, oh, okay, I, so, yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand. I've been out of my head for the last few weeks. I understand, yeah, I understand the, the thought process. I know that, <sighs> I think that the Athena versus Hamada match from, uh, WrestleCon 2013 was my favorite match of the, of the weekend. Hamada's pretty good, but, that, but that's a Yako Hamada. A, a Shimmer or Sean trained uh, wrestler. That is Ayako Hamada. Like Anna or cheerleader Melissa or somebody to that effect. Okay, you got right, something yes. going here. But once it's like Jessica Havoc and Eva Lee, it's like, okay, give me a break. Oh, I, 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 I we agree to disagree. I don't totally uh, disagree. I don't totally disagree w- with Daryl on that. I'm just saying that when it comes to a, a lot of the wait- ladies on the indie scene, there are some gems there. It's not totally worth writing off. Uh, yeah, and, even Candice LeRae is good in spots. Like she's sort of like I don't know if I really Candace care LeRae for her in the is spots, very- but like in tag matches with Joey Ryan, yeah, she can do, come in and do her thing and then and tag out and and then she's she's good. Candice LeRae is good in the same way that uh, Roman Reigns. Is Chik- Come on, that that's just that's just mean. Don't uh, say that about Candice. That's just mean. So now, now you're just being mean. Roman to Reigns is good in his spots when he comes in and does his thing and gets out. So I was actually um, going to make a Chikara comparison. But, oh, I'm a PWG guy, so that puts me in like the anti-Chikara faction where. I, I will strongly argue that Chikara hasn't had a good match since 2009, and that was when Kota Ibushi and, and you know, the Bucks were in there. That, uh, so JVZ. Since then, I would like to know. So, um, JVZ, what did you think of the of this tag team contest? <laughs> well, so I'm one of those people that Daryl was alluding to that... Uh, I will say know, I enjoyed as... the double purple nurple spy. I enjoyed it. Yeah, okay, I'll be one of those that... I, I, I did not like that, but I'm also one of those people that you know, is, you know, constantly saying, oh, if you take the WWE divas and you just give them like 10, 15 minutes to work, then they like, they could do a much better job than they're coming across right now. And so like, you know, I'm one of those people that's like, you just do better than that. And then I'll be satisfied. And so in this case, not they, they did better than that. They did much better than that. And, uh, so, I mean, the match started off a little bit slow and a little bit silly, especially with the nipple stuff, but. It um, was a very good chop from Vanessa Craven. I the, will the give The chop that. was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it hit its stride and, uh, and finished well. And yeah, it was, it was, it had a fun moments and I think Kimber, the Kimber bobs are really fun, especially with the screeching and like the running away to the, Kimberly running yeah. away to the corner after getting the chop. It was, it was a really fun moment. Uh, kind of hiding I will point. say what, what Petey and I are, are both trying to say is that uh, some silliness in, in my wrestling isn't necessarily a bad thing. And th- this had some silliness, but, but I think once the silliness and the shenanigans were done, it, it finished off okay. Oh, I'm but, all uh, for silliness and shenanigans, provided you can go. I mean, I'm a Dragon Gate guy. So Dragon yeah. Gate, very good. Very yeah. good. All right. Let's... Uh, Moving on to the next one. Th- this is something that really caught me uh, off guard. Tyson Dukes. Yes. He's still going. Yes. Oh my god, Tyson Dukes is still going. Mind blown. And he's taking on 
a guy I'm not act exactly in love with, Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano is brilliant as a villain, as a, a, we'll call it heel, if you would, but he's primarily not playing that role, and he wasn't here either uh, in Smash. He was being a good guy. Um, I think a lot of people kind of soured on Johnny Gargano when uh, Gabe tried to have him be, like, the big two-and-a-half-year champion to, like, outdo RVD and all those guys, and uh, that didn't really seem to help him out too much. I just want to say I dislike Johnny Gargano since he joined Fist in Chikara. Okay. I dislike Johnny Gargano before it was cool. So. Okay, so back when it was him and Chuck Taylor. Yeah. Who was also a brilliant villain. Yeah. Can Chuck Taylor get signed, please? Somebody sign Chuck Taylor. But yeah, um, this match I thought it was it was a decent, solid match. I don't really, I wouldn't call it a must see. Like, wow, go out and see the show for this match. But it's definitely a good match. It, it was good, and Tyson Dukes, a, a guy that I've seen uh, in the the Midwest and in Ontario scene, uh, he's had ins and outs with WWE. He's been all over the place. He's uh, the comparison I would make is probably best to Nigel McGuinness in a lot of ways. And uh, I was really surprised to see him on this show. Pleasantly surprised, but uh, him and Johnny Gargano had a really good contest. Uh, JV, what did you think of, of this one between Tyson Dukes and Johnny Gargano? Uh, I would definitely agree that it was... It was a good contest. Um, and, uh, and also, uh, one, sorry, sorry, Jay. Uh, one more thing that the commentary really put over after this match is over is that, uh, they're tied in their contests one to one in Smash Wrestling after this contest, which was, which was, hey, storytelling. All right. Good stuff. (laughs) Yeah. You're stealing all my points. That's what I was going to say too. Sorry. The, uh, the commentary did, you know, these two guys, I've heard their names before. Never seen any of their stuff. So it's nice that the commentary comes in and provides a little bit of history between these two guys. Um, mentions that they've had a match before. And, uh, um, and so, yeah, once these, once they've had another good match, then as essentially start building up to the next one. And, uh, um, so they, they brought them in, they show what they can do and, um, get people excited about what's going to happen next, and uh, and that's pretty much all you can ask for. That's yeah. How if you, you want do to learn it. more about Johnny Gargano, um, two matches I'll recommend are uh, his match against Shingo Takagi from uh, the Dragon Gate USA show from uh, I think it was uh, two years ago at this point at the WrestleMania weekend, and then um, I also am a fan of uh, I believe it was um, a match against Samurai Del Sol, who's now Callisto. It was one of his final matches on the indie scenes before going to NXT. Really good stuff. And um, you can typically see Johnny on pretty much every PWG show now as well. Yeah. yeah. Definitely fun. an underrated talent. I've never denied his talent and ability just as a character and as a personality. He's just right. not. I think I don't I, I agree with you that I, I think as a good guy, he's not really all that good. But like the two matches I picked are from when he was like being uh, a villain and his sort of persona kind of became like uh, holding onto the belt and treating it like it was his precious like Gollum and the One Ring. I thought I thought that really fit like him. And then he give like these really insincere, inauthentic, a uh, good guy post match. I'm your moments. hero. Yeah, I'm you, you your hero. That stuff to me is great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, normally that is I'm the one time I found him to be enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, and this this match was a, a fun kind of go back and forth between the two, and, the, and they 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 worked really well. Uh, and then you had the next contest uh, with another determined, uh, you know, go getter uh, in Brent ba- Brent Banks, who was originally supposed to be facing, uh, I believe it was, oh, I forget, Jay with Jay Lethal. Lethal. Uh, there was uh, some issues. Another guy. Can, can somebody sign him to <laughs> Jay Lethal? I think Jay Lethal is signed. To, he's, oh, yeah. Ring of Honor. Good, good point. Ring of Honor. That's that true. counts as being signed, technically. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yes, <laughs> they are not an independent, technically, because they are they owned by a multi-million dollar conglomerate. And they have national television. Yeah, so he's he's signed. Uh, but the replacement uh, that we ended up getting instead of Jay Lethal is none other than one of my favorite people in, in, in wrestling, uh, all night long, Rich Swan. Uh, oh yeah, one of my favorites as well. Um, I'm a, again, as I said earlier, uh, I'm a big fan of Dragon Gate. Rich Swan um, is one of the and party. Man. Uh, a good high flyer, um, really acrobatic, really a charismatic guy. Uh, they actually on WWE posted a video of their latest round of tryouts. Rich Swan was there, so that mm-hmm. means they know about him. If Rich Swan doesn't get called up this year, then somebody is an idiot. Well, well, yeah. We we know that. We know those facts. We know that. We know these truths to be self-evident. Uh, if nothing else, you gotta give Rich Swan the props because he came out with the Ribera jacket. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Ribera, the famous Japanese steakhouse that only gives the, the swank zoomies. jackets out to wrestlers. Uh, back in the '80s, that was like the coveted, like I'm a wrestler who went to Japan item to bring back. Yeah, that's right. And he'd also had the Zubas, the Zubas and the Ribera jacket, the ultimate combo. And Petey, the Zubas, the Ribera jacket, and the fanny pack. Ha <laughs> ha! See what we did there? We did the thing. Tied it into your own show. But the other good thing about Smash is that normally, when Rich Swan wrestles in the United States, they can't play his entrance music, which is All Night Long by Lionel Richie, but Smash doesn't give a crap, and so you finally have to see that, like, tremendous entrance that normally you can only see if you actually go to the show live. I, I did, I did get, yeah, I did get a chance to also see, uh, All Night Long live. Not only that, he was on mic singing it when I got to see him, uh, Jay Rick Swan live back at WrestleCon. Pete, I, I have to ask you a question. Uh, me being a, a product of the mid-2000 indie scene, I got to experience Brian Danielson coming out to the uh-huh. final countdown yeah. on multiple occasions. Uh, how would you say experiencing Rich Swan uh, coming out to Lionel Richie compares to the final countdown? I, I wouldn't it, it say really it really depends w- on the crowd. I wouldn't say it w- I wouldn't say it could stack up to Brian Danielson and the final countdown, but it was a, a beautiful, fulfilling experience. I think it w- it didn't have the the grandiosity of the final countdown. But it had good the, word. Uh, it had the warm, good feelings uh, that I. That yeah, I he, had to, he had to make the final countdown like his. It was one of those things where he kind of stuck with it, and eventually people loved it. Uh, very much like how Enter Sandman. Like it took a while for the Sandman to get that entrance like as big as it was. Um, but all night long, as best I can tell, it was like it was like this great thing like from day one. Yeah. Like people just, just love clapping. Feelings. Their hands it's just fun and good feelings and fun times. Yeah. Not I, knowing I, any other words to the song, just all night long. Well, all night. I, I, 
I will say I knew the words to the final countdown only because it was the entrance music for the Detroit Pistons back in the day. <laughs> yeah. so, so that that was part I of why I only know them because of the entrance music for Brian Danielson. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh but yeah, JVZ, what what did you think of uh Rich Swan and Brink Branks and and All Night Long? <laughs> I mean it it can pretty much be summed up by that entrance, just that surprise entrance and I mean like you guys said it is it's amazing. It, Watching it made me feel like I wanted to be there at the show and just yeah. watching that crowd go nuts, watching the lights go and just everybody interact. Um, and I mean, that's kind of the, the selling point for these shows is you get to interact. And this is one of those moments where, um, where he came out and everybody exploded, everybody clapped along every, and you know, it, and it carried into the match. Just the energy carried through and all, all the way up until the end. He couldn't take off his pants. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. He yeah. <laughs> and he just rolled with that. <laughs> like, ah, ah. All right. Give me a second, damn it's, it. It's a hard thing to do in, in wrestling to have a substitution that is, um, satisfactory. And I, I personally, I like Rich Swan more than Jay Lethal. Nothing against Jay Lethal. This, you know, I think, uh, you know, at this point, uh, Rich Swan probably has more upside. I think if we're going to be honest with ourselves. He has more upside for him. I mean, Jay Lethal's, oh, he's always been a bad promo, but I mean, you know, I just, uh, like Rich's ring style. It's a little more exciting and high flying and all that good stuff. And whenever he, whenever that. he channels and becomes Black J- Chris Jericho, it's always a beautiful Black experience. Jericho. It's like, yes. when, it, those, those moments where he's like, come on, baby! And it, it, you, you, you just can't help but smile. As coined by Kevin Sneed. Yes. Black Jericho. <laughs> Black Chris Jericho. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, yeah, the only thing that's better is Black Ryback by A.R. Fox. <laughs> Wait, wouldn't that be Uha Nation? Well, no, I would say Uha is significantly more athletic. One man nation. Yeah, yes. Uha nation. Too easy. No, Uha nation. For now, his name that. might be getting changed soon, too. Yeah. If all, if all things are going the right way. If, if, if there is a just, uh, if there's justice in the world. Uh, that would be the case. Uh, but yeah, fun, fun contest from Rich Swan. Uh, and Brent yeah, Banks, I think. This might actually be possibly my second favorite match of the night, if yeah. not my third. And I think I, I was, I, I was I impressed by Brent the, Banks. The upcoming contest, the upcoming contest was definitely my favorite. Um, you like Josh Alexander versus Sebastian Suave? Oh, my bad. You got <laughs> two contests over. You two forgot contests. that match even happened. Yes. Uh, well, so, that, that says plenty, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, now we got this next contest going. Uh, we had the walking weapon, Josh Alexander, uh, taking on the partner of John Greed, uh, the former partner of Josh Alexander, which again was eloquently, uh, illustrated and pointed out by the commentary team. Uh, two former tag team partners taking on each other, uh, members of the order. Have any of you guys seen either of these guys before this match? Josh Alexander, yes. Jo- Josh, Josh Alexander, Alexander, yes, I have seen. Yes, we've talked about him on previous shows, uh, uh, at least one previous show. I know him because of the ear guards, <laughs> because of the ear guards, and I remember one the event that we talked about it. He had this big storyline of his was in it was AIW, and the big storyline with that is Jay Lit JT Lightning Invitational Tournament, and it was his cauliflower ears. You know, his ears and had, having to have them drain pre-match. And that was like the video of him getting a needle in his ear, uh, his cauliflower ear, which is, which is a, a visual that I can't get out of my head. But yeah, Josh Alexander versus Sebastian Suave 
accompanied to the ring by John Greed of earlier. Sebastian uh, Suave is a great wrestler name. Yes, yes. Um, it, it is a little easy for the announcers to confuse saying Suave with Swan, but maybe it's just, again, that Micah mixing and clipping out on them. Yeah, it could be that. And, and both of them sitting at different distances from their mic uh, probably didn't help well, things either. And that's why it's great that they had the lower thirds. Yes. Uh, which is, which is fantastic. Uh, JVZ, I'll ask you, what, what was your impression of, of this contest? Um, I was kind of just waiting for this one to finish, but <laughs> I, I will point out a few things that are jotted down. Uh, you know, one, you know, it, it, they had another moment in the match where they had, you know, the fan assisting with the whip yeah. and, uh, and I thought, you know, okay, you know, that's nice that they, you know, they managed to block out time in the show to have a little bit more fan interaction. That's yep. good. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, that this is probably the match where the sound quality really, really started grading on you because, um, you know, normally I'm all for having the announcers just absolutely going nuts because you know if the if the announcers aren't selling the the show for you then who the hell else is going to um because i mean the is the base mixing level is already here and yeah. you need to bring it up some there's no yeah, way and, and in this match you know the announcers were trying really hard to be like oh my god this is amazing and um you know just every time they were screaming oh for this part it just you know, just the fact that the sound quality was bad just made it all the more aggravating because what you were seeing wasn't necessarily matching the intensity. And normally that's okay because normally the, um, the intensity of the announcers helps bring your excitement up. But in this case, that combined with the bad sound quality made it so like every little slightly positive thing that happened in the match turned out to be kind of aggregate aggravating because now every time something slightly good happens in the match, the announcers are screaming in your ears. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> How yeah. telling is it that this is a match that we're kind of all sort of unanimous. It's sort of a, a nothing sort of match. Doesn't really stand out too much. We'll on the this card. The cool and yet it's a match where there's like a brain buster on the apron. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Indie wrestling. Indie wrestling. Jim Cornette would so totally be mad at us for not even remembering these guys. You know, I I always get a kick out of all the matches I show that you know I have a little disclaimer warning. Jim Cornette does not approve of this style yes. because uh, <laughs> the kind of wrestling I love is the kind of wrestling he uh, doesn't seem to care for, as epitomized by the match after this one. Yeah. So this I one... just want to say before before we get into this match, one competitor in this upcoming match pointed out that nobody really misses when Jim Cornette booked Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah, and Jim Cornette got real mad. And then his his standards of, you know, who's a draw is, oh, well, did you sell out an arena yourself? Well, by those standards, Jim, nobody's a star except for about three people in the last 15 years. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Including your boy, Mike Pondo. Yeah. Or Uh, or his boy, Morgan. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So we have the upcoming contest, the tag team showdown. I don't recall any other time of this showdown happening, oddly enough. I, I, I imagine it's happened multiple times. Oh, this, times this has happened in PWG multiple, for sure. Oh, yeah. It's happened in PWG right. multiple times. Oh, and yeah, that's how I knew to sort of uh, track it down. They did a really smart move, Smash Wrestling, that they took this match 
and put it up for free on YouTube to promote themselves and say, hey, we're Smash Wrestling, and this is a kind of match that you'll see if you support Smash Wrestling. And so um, there will be a YouTube link if you go to their own like account or website. And again, tomorrow for the Raw Alternative, it's going to open with this match. So you will be oh, able to see it. This match will be the opener for the Raw Alternative? Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. It's a good match. I, I have picked this match and shown it to people myself uh, because that's what I do when I pick matches of, that I consider like particularly uh, to my liking. Yeah, so this is and Super this, Smash Brothers. This really Brothers. was the one that sold the show. Yeah, Super Smash Brothers versus a Bullet Club uh, representatives, the Young Bucks, uh, coming out to the first edition of the of the Bullet Club theme, uh, and the entrance video too, which I mean it's a jittery uh, Bullet Club logo, but still a cool entrance video, uh, and superimposed on the actual live footage of the of the event. Uh, you know, cause that's, that's the style. Too sweet me. Too sweet me. Uh, Can I just say that not only are the Young Bucks just so wonderful right now and have just been absolutely wonderful for Oh yeah, 2014 was their year. Oh god, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just love that they were super kicking the streamers. Yes. For whatever reason, not just <laughs> not. And they do it like every time now, so they're, they're pretty accurate with those things now. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it, it was, can't really it, be that super of kicks if it takes at least a dozen to knock someone down. But you know, it's just so fun that I don't really care. Yeah, it's, it's a it's, super it's kick party. It's a party. It's a party. You can and, and everyone's invited. Like like yeah. Oprah, you get a super kick, and you get a super kick, and you get a super kick. Uh, and I believe this may be the contest in which we get. I think one of the lines of the night, or I think either this one or the the one after one, where it said. Uh, the Vuvuzela says it all. <laughs> yeah, there was a guy in the crowd who brought a Vuvuzela, which is so obnoxious, and typically you don't yeah. see it done at a wrestling show. But um, the Young Bucks are all about being lovably obnoxious. Yes, and I think that was... And I Honestly, it was... He didn't overuse it. I, I give the guy credit. He gave it moments to use it where it, it was appropriate to punctuate... You know, moments in the match. He didn't just—he wasn't droning on. He didn't do it. Yeah, it wasn't like when you go to CMLL and some guys just hitting that air horn, blowing the air horn constantly, over and over and over. It was an exciting spot. Here we're all cheering. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like in CZW where anytime there's a heel promo, someone will blow their air horn. Yeah, exactly. It's not like that either. Yeah. I guess if you're using South Africa as a standard for not overusing the Vuvuzela. He didn't overuse it, but yeah. I mean, that's, he was using it a lot. I, I, we I, are along the lines that's of the standard. Yes, the standard. Uh, he did give it to. Average, he left it to the moments where everybody was cheering. He left it to the yes, moments. Yes, I agree with that. Yes. How awesome are the Super Smash Brothers? I mean, I yes. I'm oh, so mad that they've got visa issues and they can't really uh, so compete good. in America. So but good. like, if you want to see the Super Smash Brothers, go to Smash Wrestling now. It, it kind of. So yeah, yeah. I, I I am glad that uh, that he's going by Player Dose. I always like Player Dose instead of Stupefied as a name a little more. Yeah. Uh, how familiar are you guys with the SSB in general? Oh, we are. Love them. <laughs> Trust me, we we are Love familiar. Them. We are familiar. I, I I honestly do prefer the name Stupefied over Player Dose, but. All the same. I like it. I, I like love, the idea of Player love, love Dose being his name I while think... he's with the team, and then Stupefied being kind of his name, like. 
that he goes uh, off. For me, honestly, maybe one of my my biggest reactions was when the Super Smash Brothers won the PWG Tag Team titles. I don't think I had gotten that excited for a win uh, in PWG in a really, really long time. Because it was in that time during PWG where the Young Bucks had held the Tag Team titles for what seemed like an eternity. Oh yeah, they're the go-to default PWG Tag Champs. And when the Super Smash Brothers beat them, it was just unbelievable. And, of course, I loved them in Shikara, where, where they started using the Mortal Kombat theme as their entrance music, and they've used that throughout since. Yeah. Uh, they had a little bit of a run in ROH, which... Until course, Jim Cornette said, they don't want to see these guys in pajamas, so that's another thing. They, they share some common ground with the Young Bucks, that you know, Jim Cornette doesn't think they're very good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I will say this. The the key thing that makes them an elite tag team, and, and this is something that WWE hasn't figured out yet, it's very important if you have a tag team or a multi-man stable, you got to have your team taunt. Yes. Your tandem, you pose, you strike in the middle yes. of a match. Yes. Dragon Gate is the masters of this. Like, I love, like, even though the Young Bucks are going to sweep all the awards, my heart of hearts goes out to the Millennials. Um, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> T-Hawk are just like so tremendous and they're also real good at just like striking like the victory pose and uh, the Smash Brothers probably have one of the best ones because of the time they do it. Yeah, yeah. The yes. Young Bucks, and, and, they don't case, they don't do as many poses mid-match as they as I'd like, but they do do quite a few. Yeah. But uh if, yeah, just the notion of they're too the, busy uh, super kicking. Yeah. One uh, leg and the other guy and do like the Yeah. The Lord of the Dance. But yeah, Jamie, you had some thoughts. Well, to piggyback on that, they they did the pose, and then one of them tried to roll out of the ring while still doing the pose and got caught up on the ropes. And, uh, <laughs> like, I love that they they did that little. They not only did they strike the pose, but they were so insistent on sticking to the pose that they were able to get a comedy spot out of yes. Um, yes. out of failing to let go of the pose. Yes, and. Uh, <laughs> Which was yeah, actually, actually, for, actually absolutely delightful. Yeah. Yeah. You for have this to match. To commit to the act. You got yeah. to commit <laughs> to the bit. Double down. Commit to the bit. That's how it works. That's the only way it works. Uh, they also have a tremendous finisher. Like, um, as much as, you know, your bang, more bang for your buck is a spectacular thing to look at, the fatality looks like it kills a man. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, it is a perfect name. Yeah, and then you have the fatality. Of course, I love the get over here every time they do it. It's just such a really yeah. cool participatory moment. And they had another great That's moment. That's the reason that Jim Cornette doesn't understand him. It's all gamer humor. He didn't get Kenny Omega either. Yeah. Well, you know. Don't get me started on what happened with Ring of Honor and Kenny. <laughs> Don't not. get me started on it. I think, I think it's safe started. to, I think it's safe to say that Jim, Jim Cornette is an idiot and we can, we can move on to our, from our conversation from him. Uh, but yeah, another great moment was, uh, in, you know, going back to the super kicks was, and it's something that I'd always wondered if, if somebody could incorporate a moment like this into a match or have it happen. The simultaneous, you know, how we have those, they're thinking the same thing with like a clothesline or a crossbody. Yeah. They did the simultaneous super kicks and they got tangled up. 
And that was just a beautiful little moment. And, and, then... and that that was a great change from something that I saw in Jakara uh, in Chicago for Tag World Grand Prix a couple of years ago, where everyone went for the super kick and they all just knocked each other out. Yes. Yeah. Uh... And it's amazing that the Young Bucks are innovating the super kick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just a testament to to what they're doing right now. The Young Bucks are innovating the back rake. Yes. Of course, that nobody nobody can uh, uh, emphasize the devastation of the back break like the Young Bucks. Right, uh, not since Hollywood Hulk Hogan has there been a more devastating back break. Yes, uh, and, and so that's definitely what struck this. You know, I'll confess this is the first time I, I've definitely heard of both of these teams before, but this is the first time I've actually seen any of them. JV, and we haven't had you on to see a Young Bucks match? No, you have not. And the thing oh is, oh like, my god! Like oh I definitely heard that. God. Well, you know the I next step. Uh, now you got to get him Young Bucks versus Future Shock versus Super Smash Brothers in the ladder match from that PWG uh, show, which yeah. I actually have right in front of me, but I'm too lazy to reach over and read the title of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, JV, I can't believe we haven't had you on for a show that hasn't had at least one Young Bucks match. My mind is blown right now. Yeah, especially in yeah. 2014, since they've become like such a, a huge property. Right, Every, that's the thing. Getting booked I, everywhere. I kept hearing about them, and mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I just never made the extra effort to actually go look at one of their matches on YouTube or any, mm-hmm. any other place. But I, I kept hearing about them, kept seeing gifts of like all, all these super kicks and stuff, and oh. you know. Also, and, if you can, follow them on Twitter or follow them on Vine because yeah. they're just becoming even more hilarious. They are, they are pretty funny. They do have pretty funny Twitter accounts. But what did you think of the match since this is your first exposure to, to both of these teams? Well, I mean, that's kind of what I, I – like one of you guys said it before that they were kind of lovably obnoxious. You know, just the fact that they're going to they're gonna do cartwheels and then follow it up or use the cartwheels to emphasize the back rake and, yeah. uh, you know, just like – Little things like that that kind of poke fun at wrestling while also, you know, having enough athleticism and enough fluidity to, to highlight wrestling as well. Um, and right. And, I think uh, it's important to have both if you do the yes. first one. Yes. Yeah. Cause, uh, cause otherwise you just seem cynical if you do the first one. And, yes. uh, and, um, it's, it's kind of the philosophy that I, I, I love about a couple of things, including Chikara, where you, you take the craft seriously. But you don't take yourselves seriously, and you don't take the medium yes. seriously. Uh, you take the craft seriously, but you don't take the medium too seriously, and you don't take yourself too seriously. I would say Quackenbush takes the medium entirely too seriously. He does, and he—he's kind of my hero. But he—he he, his obsessive compulsive disorder has hurt his promotion and talents in his promotion more times than I'd, I'd like to admit. Well. Uh- from what I, I, it kills me to say that because I love him. I love him. I like the idea of Chikara. <laughs> Execution lately, that's another topic for another show. It, it is. It is. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is a fantastic team, tag team contest. Uh, and I'm glad it's going to be leading off for alternative. Uh, but then now we get to the main event of the evening. Uh, we have the Smash Heavyweight Championship contest. We have Matt Cross, M Dog Matt Cross, defending not only his hey, title, M Dog Matt Cross, M Dog Twenty, M Dog Twenty, Matt Cross, uh, defending not only his title but his streak, uh, the streak 
Uh, he's twenty-one and zero in Smash in Smash Wrestling as as champion. But, but Petey, you know what this is really? This is really NXT versus Tough Enough. Yes, That's what this is. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and this. What was... about Lucha Underground, man? Yes. Uh, yeah, he, 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 he is Havoc son of havoc. Him, he is son of havoc. Uh, and, and with that fantastic beard of his. Yes, it's so amazing. And then, the, are we done with the, the overly ridiculously long beards in wrestling? I hope not. Isn't it time for that fan to die? No, uh, no. I, I am very anti beard, but, uh, I may be a minority on this show in that sense. I, I, I mean, I just think the fan is about played out. You, once we've reached peak beard and, uh, like that is actually like an actual term. I, th- I think that. I think like, we're starting we to, to I think we'll the well is starting to run dry. Yeah. Well, uh, so uh, uh, yeah, it's understandable. Uh, but yeah, this one has the <laughs> the Matt Cross uh defending against Chris Hero. Uh, a couple of things, aka that, Chris Giro. Uh, oh, because wow. that's what he's been eating lately. Too yeah, so that's, that's what I'm I'm getting. I love so, it. Okay, so I'm gonna a couple of things. The and great I don't start... even like Chris Hero. I've never liked Chris Hero. I was never Come super on. into Chris Hero until he got real fat. Yeah, and now it's well, like... let's, uh, let, yeah. I'm gonna uh, yeah. So I wanted to bring that up. I wanted to talk about this. Uh, I want uh, first of all, the, what was great was uh, Matt Cross playing up the streak. Apparently, the previous uh, event he played up kind of a Goldberg inspired entrance. This time he played up uh, the under Undertaker uh, reference, which is fantastic. Oh yeah, they just straight up played the Undertaker's theme song and yeah. you know put a graphic together that looked just like you know the Undertaker's because hey, he doesn't have that streak anymore. Hardy, Hardy, are. Uh, and that, that was that was fun. And then and yeah, okay. So I was never involved in the making fun of Chris Hero's Wade. I never really made a point of looking at it or seeing it. Or, you know, he, he was on, he was in next seat, he wasn't. And then I watched this main event, and I just couldn't help but notice, Chris Hero's fat. <laughs> like, this is the, finally the moment where I was like, Chris Hero's fat. And like. Now, Petey. The, the best thing about Chris Hero being fat, though, is that it doesn't affect what he's doing in the ring. He still does all his stuff, and that's like, like, kind of more admirable if you think about it. No, no, like here's the like thing, he became guys. so fat that he can't move or, or get his stuff in. It's like he still does it even though he's got like the, the beer guts. It's like I just want him to get fatter and still do like these dives and like, you know, all these elbows. And, and here's the thing, guys. Here's what people have forgotten about Chris Hero. Back in the day when he was coming up on the Midwest indie scene with CM Punk and Cole Cabana and Adam Pierce. He was fat back then, and yeah. he was still doing all of this stuff. Oh yeah, he, he still he was, had the full hero bodysuit. Yeah, the thing is, yeah. like he he had worked he's, it out. He's Sorry. reverting back to his natural form. He's reverting back to his natural form, which is fine. Uh, but maybe he should revert back to his original. Maybe he should revert Eddie back King's to his natural gear. Yeah, his original pleather pants. Bring dust out the pleather pants. Put on the, the thing is, again. is that we call them trash bag overalls here. Thank you. Look, uh, I, I loved the the early two thousand pleather indie fashion yes. trend. I Listen, loved my that. favorite wrestler hey. was Super Dragon. You don't have to tell me about like the the hey, value yeah. and greatness of wearing trash bag gear. Yeah, okay. Eddie Kingston still makes it work well over there and uh and uh and, and what he's doing. So it, it works well when you need to. But I just I told you DJM on Skype that I was trying to watch this main event, and all I could notice. Was Chris Hero's cottage cheese thighs? 
I and, want... and, and I have to say this again, disclaimer, I am not a fan of Chris Hero. I've never liked the dude. But I think that the internet wrestling community at large has been way too hard on the guy. Yes, yes. Wait, people and seriously I agree. don't like I agree. him for that? That's the reason to like him. Yeah, I, I, I'm okay with that. It just it was noticeable for I think noticeable for the first time to me, and that's why I mm. wanted to bring it up. Is like he, he kind of has the, the muffin top, and he, he you could see the fold and uh, yeah. Look, so, if I had a WWE developmental contract, and then I got let go, I'd probably go to Wendy's a couple of times. Myself. Oh yeah, just imagine if Kevin Steen got let go from his NXT contract. Remember Kevin Steen, right, literally right before he came to NXT, and then once he showed up, it's like, wow, he killed himself to lose that weight. The yeah, second he, he doesn't need to lose that weight, he should just eat an entire cake. Yes. <laughs> like how he did when he won the auto Here's title. the thing. Kevin Steen doesn't wear trunks. That's true. He doesn't. Yes. But in general, That's I think one thing that is cool about independent wrestling overall is that by and large, the crowds that are in attendance, maybe not necessarily on the internet, but in attendance, um, care more about what a guy can do than yes. how he looks. Yes. Like, if you don't have, like, this jacked physique, or if you're not super tall, but you can do some cool stuff in the ring, then you can be popular on the independent level. And so I think, um, in the end, maybe, I don't know, like, how much of, like, the hate on Chris Hero online is, like, serious and how much of it is just like you know everyone just making jokes but i think it hasn't hurt chris hero as like a prospect on the indie scene he's getting booked everywhere and he's still like a name and a draw so uh, at least it's working out for him still even if he's not working out quite so much (laughs) i think oh nice i think dress your look i think it's that's what we're trying to say it's just it was distracting but yeah this was a very, this was a pretty fun contest, I think, overall. Matt Cross did. I really enjoyed this. It was, yeah. it was, I say this was very, very indie. And I mean that in, in the nicest way. I, yeah. I enjoyed it for that. It was very indie. It went but back I, and forth in all the right it. ways. It, it had a lot of fun. It, it, it uh, had the uh, Matt Cross playing up the fun in the beginning, but then once the action started picking up, all that disappeared and then they got into serious mode. And they stayed in serious mode. They kind of, they, 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 they had the good pace of like, Matt Cross had those like fun kind of play up moments of the streak, you know, trying to go through the tombstone pile driver early on in the match because, you know, playing up the Undertaker thing. But then at some point there was a gear shift and it was serious times. And then it was uh, uh, forearms to the head and roaring elbows <laughs> back and forth, you know, and like the, the, the mafia kicks and like, you know, uh, it was, it was fantastic. Uh, Jay- it was, it was all kinds of indie. Yes, all yeah. kinds of indie. Again, Wonderful. one of, one of the better matches of the night. I mean, definitely Smash Brothers versus Young Bucks is, is the best match of the show, but this is, you know, again, either second or third in my book. Yeah. JVZ, what did you think of the main event? Uh, I'm going to have to be the contrary one here because <laughs> it's, you know, and now it's I, your I, turn. I think well, it I, well, suffers. We welcome all opinions here. I think it suffers a little bit from, uh, from coming on after that yeah. that last match. Yeah, it's um, hard it's it's very difficult it, to follow the Young Bucks in general. Yeah. yeah, and it suffered for me from the fact that it was very late um but when I watched it. But uh you know, for one thing that really stuck out to me at the beginning was um just how I, I mean the there's definitely a size difference between these two wrestlers. 
And, uh, I mean, early on in the match when, when, uh, Matt Cross was flipping Chris Hero, like it, it just looked really awkward to me where like Chris Hero would kind of have to turn to the side in order to, to be able to execute the flip, um, while being, you know, grappled by Matt Cross. And, uh, you know, it, it just like, I don't know, maybe just after seeing that and then that kind of brought my, brought to my attention later in the match, just all the different things that just, that just kind of looked really awkward by the fact that, um, that, you know, these two guys were so different in size, which was also accentuated by, um, you know, by the, the weight, um, issues that, that yeah. you guys had talked about before. And so I, I don't know, it just starting from that and then just the pace of the match compared to the pace of the, the previous match, it just, it, I don't know, for some reason, it just didn't really sit well with me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and then by the end, I mean, I, I guess there, there isn't necessarily anything wrong with, um, I guess. It the, seems like you're saying the like that, that, that there, if this had an in-between between this and the Young Bucks match, it, it probably would have gotten a better response out of you and, uh, more, more than anything else in the match itself. Uh, it would have gotten a better response, but at the same time, I don't, think it would have i would have considered it you know second or third best match of the night like you guys are saying either um it's you know it it just seemed like a match that was taking place in the middle of the show um i didn't really it it didn't didn't make the title seem all that important to me and uh um i mean the stakes didn't seem all that important and uh yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I was just somewhat unimpressed given, um, given how impressive the announcers seem to be billing these guys. And there's uh, sort of a Don West syndrome to it, you might say. It got oversold. Yeah, got oversold. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, and especially just after hearing so much stuff about Chris Hero, um, I, I can't remember whether I saw any of his matches in NXT or not. Um, and I, I mean, I, I almost feel like he was on TV yeah. all that much. Did Chris? Well, did he ever? I mean, he had a. Yeah, he was on a, few, a little bit, but uh, he, he was on S- uh, more than anything. I think I saw him on when it was still FCW. Like it was, it was that's yeah, he, when I noticed him and doing a promo or something. And then, yeah, I, I when it was, and, I mean, you guys were saying that it that you know, like his weight doesn't really affect the types of moves he can do, but. It seemed like to me, like his weight affected the pace that he could do those moves at. And maybe that's just from not having seen some of his earlier matches back from when he was heavy. Yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, when he was coming up, he would like do like hour long matches with like American Dragon and and that sort of thing. So he's got very good cardio, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm certainly not disputing that. It was just more the pace of it that just didn't. And I I will say, yeah, the, the fact that he, to him, he couldn't quite elegantly go over on the Snapmart takeover. And and again, you guys are saying a lot of the things just in ring wise, forgetting the weight. A lot of the things that uh, I've never been a, in too in love with Chris Hero. Yeah. Uh, he he is in that contemporary mid two thousands indie scene with CM Punk and American Dragon, but 
to me, he was never quite yeah, on I think that what I, I liked most about this match may have been, and I think I definitely understand what you're talking about, JVZ. I think a lot of what I liked about this match was probably helped out a lot about by Matt Cross, uh, who is, who's talented and athletic and, uh, did a lot of cool stuff, especially playing up the, 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 the streak at the beginning. I mean, it's no, the new streak, uh, by RD Evans, but yeah, it's, it's no Archibald Peck streak. Uh, what 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 Archibald Peck has a streak too? <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there's some other guy. Uh, his, his lawyer, his lawyer, Artie Evans. Evans yeah, is yeah. yeah. Streak. it's, it's easy to get him mixed up. Yeah, you know, especially with all the time travel that's been going on. Yeah. yeah, and and then you know, one of them has a beard, the other one doesn't. It's it's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's odd. Uh, but yeah, it it, it was a fan, uh, Matt Cross really well did it well, and yeah, the the Chris Hero. I, I definitely understand that, uh, you know, Chris Hero can go at his weight, but. <laughs> He's never been one of my top guys either. There's yeah. always something that, again, like maybe it's I, his, his, his promos, maybe it's his, the fact that he looks like a hobo. You know? he, I've just he, never been a fan. I love the hobo look. It's, it's, it's just... all of those things for me going all the way back to back it's in the tough. day when he was still a regular for CZW. I, I was just it, never. It was like, it's one of those things where it's like, at some, there are moments where he's like, "Oh, this, he puts out some cool matches." And there are moments where you think, "Like, what has he got other than the fact that he he decided, hey, let's do cravats now." What else has he got? You know, Petey, you're you're saying the thing I've been saying since so, about two thousand. I, I definitely can he's see both sides. He's also continually overshadowed by whoever's the guy who happens to be next to him. Like, yeah, you're part of the Kings of Wrestling. Who is the other guy in the Kings of Wrestling? Oh, Claudio Castagnoli, one of the best. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah I definitely up, can yeah, see a little in the bit. Of, Indies, I definitely with can the see Second City Saints. I definitely can see a lot of, of the both sides when it comes to Chris Hero, but and and then I can see how you uh, I can lean more towards something like DJ inside nowadays, especially with the, the boy. The boy got a muffin top, man. Like and like got and he's got a little he's got a little moves. He's got little moves. It, it yeah, was I didn't almost adorable. Just... It was almost adorable. He wanted a little squish, squishy, his little bit, like, like his sides go quick, quick, quick. Just like poke him in the belly like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah. But, you know, you know, and you, you hate to harp on that because we're, we're in this, we're in this business where you, you celebrate guys like Kevin Steen, Samoa Joe, guys that We're in being... this post indie renaissance. This, yeah. This post punk. I think Brian the problem is that he's not fat enough. He's too fat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's not yeah, fat that's enough. Like that's what made it. He's looking and still like he's, bring the match quality and then everyone will, will he's be not on board. Like Samoa Joe. Like Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe was Samoa big. Samoa like, Joe was big and then he stopped carrying and he was fat, but but most of the time he's big. Uh But it's TNA. And, what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah and for he's acrobatic. But he can go and 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 it was fantastic. Uh you know, and bigger guys can be big and and make it work, but He's in this uncomfortable, like the yeah. He's in like this weird valley. transitionary phase of he's like the, it's the uncanny valley of of fat. That, that's that's, that's like kind of it. That's what made it uncomfortable for me was that like um, I keep hearing about this guy and it just seems like he can go faster. And he was in the other like, problem is like look at the match that came right before it. <laughs> he to, used to be able to JD. That's what I will say. He used to be able to. He used yeah. to. It's could. also like the here. speed of a Young Bucks match right before that. Yes. And yes. you see like you know player Uno keeping up with the Young Bucks. 
And player Uno's a big guy. He's a big captain. Yeah. And and then, you know, you have that, that main event, you know, supposedly like a slower paced thing, but one of the guys in the ring is Matt Cross, who isn't really like that like Matt based or something like that. He's that, hyper. It's like, oh wow, it feels yeah. slow. Like might maybe it's just like the placement of the match on the card. Like usually an indie show might have an intermission. Maybe it's so you have something that gives people like a buffer. Yeah. But you know, in all fairness, it's like, like from it is Matt Cross and he's the champion. So it, I think in the end, it was the booking of the opponent. <laughs> yeah, might have been. But hey, in the end, we found out that M Dog Twenty's uh, bigger than the Undertaker. Yes, <laughs> and that's Matt all. Matt Cross, greater be... sign, Undertaker. Everybody, boom! There you go. Uh but we yeah. have a show title, PD. <laughs> uh you're gonna have to Let's write it to- down because I'll totally forget. totally need to make that th- that's totally gotta be the sh- the show title. Type it M-Dog, down because I'll forget it. M Dog greater than Undertaker. Yes, M Dog greater than Undertaker. Uh but yeah, that was that was the main event. Uh let's talk about the show overall. JVZ, what did you think of the show overall? Uh I feel like I wish I was there. Because it seemed, it seemed like the crowd was having an excellent, like they were having a great time and serving alcohol on the premises helps a lot for that. Yeah. That and, um, you know, being there would mean you might be able to hear the announcers without the audio issues. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I mean, overall, like, Whoever was plan, I don't know how much planning goes into some of these matches. Um, I've, I've heard different things about how some matches are, you know, planned. It's fluid. It's move, very fluid. It, yeah. It just seemed like everything that these guys decided to do, they decided to do at the exact right time that they absolutely needed to. Like, I feel like the way the matches were structured were excellent. And, you know, uh, just the, the rest, the overall, the wrestling in this show was excellent. And, uh, um, you know, and I mean, every time I come on the show, I harp about the same sort of thing about how, you know, like I want to get to know these guys more, but I can't because I have a hard time keeping track of these guys. And the, these smash did an excellent job of like, this is the one show that I've been on that I can't complain about that stuff. Cause they did an excellent job of promoting the wrestlers that wrestled on their show. And, uh, um, uh, so I'm very happy about that. Um, it's, you know, it's, I mean, my two complaints probably are just the, the audio and the main event. And, um, other than that, I'm very, very happy with the show, especially because of the second to last match between the Super Smash Brothers and the Young Bucks. That was, you know, that was extremely entertaining to watch and, uh, makes me want to watch these guys more, which I, which is the point. And, uh, Daryl, what, what did you think of the, the show overall? Uh, overall, I mean, I think the show is kind of, uh, acceptable. It's okay. I don't know if I would, like, go out and buy this show afterwards. I mean, there was, uh, uh the one match that I expected to be, uh, great was great, so it met my expectation as far as that. Um, the other guys who I hadn't seen before, I didn't really walk out of this saying, oh, I never heard of this guy before, and now I need to go and see more of this guy. Uh, most everybody I saw that I was impressed by and that I liked were already people I was familiar with because they'd brought them in. And I think Smash moving forward, 
it, it, they've, they've got a name in the sense that, hey, this is the place where all those great um, Canadian talents that are now like tearing up the U.S. indie scene, hey, they started here or they, they cut their teeth kind of here. And now if you bring in those U.S. talents and now you'll see the next generation of those like big name guys come up potentially, that could be sort of like their, um, you know, their claim to fame. But like, you know, um, overall, I, I mean, we live in an era where you don't need to book wrestling shows the way you used to in the sense that you have, uh, deliberately like the undercard matches are like su- supposed to be progressively better to build up to like, you know, the best last one. Like in this case, you know, the best match wasn't even the main event as, uh, you know, Jerry mentioned. Um, and so in that sense, you know, a lot of these matches I would never ever watch again. Or, you know, even left to my own devices, I wouldn't have watched them in the first place. I would just look at it on paper and say, I'm just going to watch this and this and be good with it. And that's usually how I consume wrestling these days. I mean, the show overall was like, uh, what, two hours, 45 minutes? Something to that effect. A relatively standard indie match length. I limit myself to two hours of wrestling a week. And that's about as much as I'll take. And so what I usually do is I'll take, like, one match from one federation, one match from another, one match from another put them together, you know, some are present day, some are from the past, and those are my two hours of wrestling. And so I do that. Um, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, I'll post links to, you know, whatever I pick for the week. And uh, I will say for this show, if you can get at least one match that I would say go out and see that, then it's a good show. So this show, you know, overall – Especially again to Jerry's point, if you were there live, it would be tremendous. Great audience, great reactions, great atmosphere. Uh, watching it on video, you know, I would just like pick like, you know, a couple matches here and there and then sort of uh, discard the rest. Uh, DJ, what, what is your takeaway at the end of the day? This show really surprised me. I thought it was, I, I was pleasantly surprised it how much of it I actually enjoyed. Uh, I found one talent uh, that, that I always try and find on every indie show that we do here on the show. I always try and look for maybe one or two guys that I hadn't heard of before that will hopefully catch my attention. And, and that happened. Uh, Scotty O'Shea, who, who kind of caught my interest with his gimmick. Uh, I, I got to see some talents that I hadn't seen before and one talent in particular that has been around forever that I I had honestly thought just kind of retired <laughs> in Tyson Dukes and that that was a pleasant surprise. Uh overall the the upper half of the show for me was really enjoyable. Uh it, it really had very little very little of this entire show could have been really subpar. Uh, I, I thought that the entire show from start to finish was relatively at worst passable. And at best, pretty good. I, I would not turn down uh, any of this show, and it definitely, it definitely came off great live to to be in the crowd, and and uh, that that is something that is kind of forgotten by a lot of wrestling fans on the internet, and that's how enjoyable an indie wrestling show can be in the crowd instead of just watching it at your screen, typing out the things you don't like. A lot of people go to that, that wrestling shows that really watch the show live like they're at home. And, and I really like that that came out. Uh, I really liked the commentary team. They were really good. Uh, the camera work was good. 
the the overall production value of this show surprised me. Uh, if they can get the audio problem taken care of, uh, Smash Wrestling has a lot of upside. I think the upside for Smash Wrestling is really, really high. Also, one thing, and, and guys, I don't know if you caught on this, maybe because it's because we're in a post-Kevin Steen, post-El Generico world, yeah. and this is can- and this is Canada. How many times on this show was the cannonball in the corner executed? <laughs> a lot. I don't. I don't. Is, I don't has that become has that become the new sharpshooter for yeah. Canada? The, the cannonball in the corner. It might be. I think that 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 could. Because you know, the back case. in the day, when when a Canadian wrestler does the sharpshooter, it hurts more because it's Canada. Yes. It, it seems like that's the thing with the cannonball in the corner now. Which even you know, if you're not mean, like a big guy, it's like well, even... it's from Tijuana. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, Sammy Zane's from Montreal, so and, and it was um, El Generico. Uh, they're similar, but but El Gen- uh, Sami Zayn was the president of the El Generico fan club in Montreal. That's true. So, yeah. so that may be, that may be no, an there, influence there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the, the cannonball is is the new is the new sharpshooter uh, in Canada, and I think yeah, it, it was evidence in this, this show uh, quite a few of the moments. Uh, I think of quite a few of the guys, even even an assisted cannonball. We had uh, we had variations as well, like uh, that was. That was, uh, definitely something to point out. Uh, but yeah, that was Smash Wrestling. Uh, a, a fun promotion, a, a, an interesting promotion, and, and we kind of just summed it all up, uh, with, with our thoughts. Um, I think that's a, another fantastic episode of the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast. Uh, let's go. Can you rave, old buddy, old pal? Can yes. you rave? Feel free to take it home. Yes. Uh, let's ask around. JVZ, what do you got going on in the internet? Uh, Nothing. Yes. I mean, don't really follow me on Twitter. I'm not going to follow back. Uh, you ain't t- JVZ is not team follow back. <laughs> nah, JVZ uh, is what we call a civilian yes. in all of this. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Daryl, what, what, what do you got going on in the internet? I have quite a few things going on, I suppose. Of course, um, I'm on Twitter at D-A-R-Y-L-S-U-R-A-T. I'm currently editing the next episode of the Anime World Order podcast over at www.animeworldorder.com. I talk about Japanese cartoons there, maybe not of uh, necessarily of interest to folks listening to this podcast, but it is part of the A3K network, and the A stands for something around here, right? So um, there's that. I've got um, uh, Otaku USA Magazine, a new issue of that. It just came out. I did the cover story for that one as well as a few other pieces for it, and I'm writing the next uh, of that one. Every Thursday at 8, since I've decided that SmackDown isn't worth watching, and you know SmackDown isn't worth watching either, because anything on there that happens of note will be replayed, um, that's when I am picking two hours worth of noteworthy professional wrestling matches to my liking, uh, where I live in a world where uh, average isn't good enough for me, so everything I pick is, you know, uh, in, in my opinion, worth worthwhile. Uh, so I, I post links to that on my Twitter as well. And, uh, I guess lately I'm, uh, I'm dipping my toe into this whole Twitch thing. Um, I, I haven't really gone full bore into that because, uh, the overhead for it's a little too high as far as the time investment. But, hey, we've got the microphones and we've got the webcam, so, you know, we may as well do something with this thing, right? Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll probably post links to that. And I also, um, am actively curating a, uh, Steam group, uh, Anime World Order as well. So I'm doing, um, 
a bunch of random crap that is of uh, varying degrees of importance, yeah. uh, but mostly putting off podcasting. Yeah. Uh, DJM, what's going on over at Delta Julian Mike? Well, coming up tomorrow, as soon as I'm done editing it, right after we're done here, a brand new episode of the flagship podcast, Shooting the Shit with Two Nerdy Black Guys with myself and Brandon Cooper, Petey Rave's co-host on Hollywood uh, along with that, you will see me on the A3K podcast Saturday nights, powered by Anime3000.com. Sean Russell still thinks it's a good idea that I host that show. Uh, along with that, the Nanashi Anime podcast with my good buddy Lily Inverse. Uh, coming up at OhioCon 2015, we're going to be talking all about panty and stocking with Garter Belt. <sighs> you don't like that one? We'll, 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 we'll just... Well, tune in to the Nanashi Anime Podcast. (laughs) Until then, all on the interwebs at DeltaJulietMike.com. Yes. Uh, You can follow me at PD Rave. PD is in Williams. Rave is in Jimmy. All in one word. Uh, You can follow the show at FannyPackWrestling.com. Rebelli.net for this and the other shows. This week's record breakers, uh, Deep Purple. This Tuesday, Deep Purple. uh, Machine Head. So that's going to be a really cool talk. Uh, that's it. Also, Hallyujuku. I talk about everything we, where we talk about everything but anime. So I cover all the other stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh over at Hallyujuku, kpoppodcast.com. That's it. Fanny Pack Wrestling. Another one in the can. Uh, of course, before I let y'all go, I have, since again, Sunday nights, Chinese food night. So I have the, I have your fortune cookie for the week. Uh, first learn to give and then the universe will reward you. In your pants. Yes. That's it. Until next time, hasta los huevos. Beans and disease, everybody. Mm